0: So I thought I'd give a little talk um, to welcome you all to the Sawtel Zendo for the start of 2016. Um, It's great to see you all coming here. A couple of apologies. Um, So um, relieve some of my anxiety that nobody was going to show up today. That was really good. And um, I uh, sent out a, a newsletter, I hope you all received it, yeah. And uh, for the first half of this year. And um, so I have planned to have uh, three, three, one days here again in the first half of this year. And w- one of the themes I want to be uh, focusing on during this year is uh, what I'm calling the, the shame-based self. Um, so, how, I mean, this, this fits into the uh, Zen Buddhist practice in the sense of when you know we think of suffering, uh, there are all different kinds of suffering that we can experience. Um, some teachers make a distinction between pain and suffering, uh, Joker Beck makes a distinction between necessary and unnecessary suffering. Um, so there's a sense in which, through our practice, uh, we hope to relieve our own suffering and the suffering of others, And uh, but sometimes also it's about how we are able to um, open up to various kinds of pain, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, because sometimes um, we're not going to make the suffering or the pain go away. but the way in which we relate to our own pain, and our own suffering can make a huge difference in the sense in which um, sometimes we can relate to our own pain or our own suffering in a way which increases our pain and suffering. Um, and you know, w- one of the, uh, the common forms of uh, suffering, psychological suffering that I come across in my practice as a therapist and as a Zen teacher, and just in everyday life and talking to other people and is this sense of um, uh, of various forms of how we relate to ourselves in a negative way um, how we often feel ourselves to be inadequate or not good enough or um, in other words all the different manifestations that shame can take in our lives and um, There's a, there's a there's a story that has uh, been told by many people about how the De- when the Dalai Lama first came to the to the West when he was younger, and he was addressing a group of um, psychologists and therapists, and uh, they were talking to him about um, self hate, the idea of, um, and um, and, the, and the Dalai Lama was very puzzled about that and just couldn't get his head around the concept of self hate because it wasn't something he'd. Being exposed to very much in his culture when he was growing up, um, and it, and um, and you know the the, the origins of it. Uh, so you know when we think of the the, the classical Buddha story of when the historical Buddha, um, you know how he grew up in the palace where he was protected from the outside world by his um, king the father, and. Um, and he had all the comforts and luxuries he needed and when he went outside and sneaked out of the castle, of the palace walls, he was, he was confronted with cruelty and uh, uh, poverty and um, all the various kinds of suffering we confront in the world. And it was that confrontation with suffering which ignited his desire to awaken, to relieve others' suffering. So, you know, the parable of that. There's many aspects to that story, but one of one of the, I guess, the teachings of that story is it, it's often it's the uh, our either confronting our own suffering or someone else's suffering or both, which awakens our, our um, motivation to awaken. Uh, 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 to to relieve our own suffering and the suffering of others, and um, well, for some of us it may be suffering through poverty, through cruelty, um, but uh, but also intermingled with that, there's often a the suffering that comes about through this sense of of um, myself not being good enough, or myself being bad, or myself being somehow not measuring up because of um, can happen in our family of origin or it could happen at school we have a we live in a culture which is very um concerned with um, competition and evaluation and self-improvement so there are all lots of ways in which we can measure ourselves as being not good enough less than not making the grade and um and uh well, we also can get hurt in that way, you know, and uh, we, so we develop various ways of trying to deal with uh, ways of protecting ourselves from being hurt as well, which is often around um, sometimes uh, trying to control that in different ways or trying to avoid it or trying to uh, make sure we never put ourselves in a situation where we might feel embarrassed or humiliated. And, and, uh, and sometimes that means closing down our own uh, potentials and talents and our own light, so to speak. And um, it's um, one of the the common forms of, um, of how we uh, develop this, uh, the origins of this kind of uh, shame-based trauma is, um, I was listening on the radio coming in here this morning to uh, there was a writer uh, called Martin Flanagan being interviewed on the radio, and um, he was talking about a, a key year in his life, which was transformative, but um, he was about thirteen or fourteen at the time and he was going, I think he was going to a private school and that particular culture in that school um, one of the ways in which bullying Took its, took its was manifested was in uh, the idea of uh, sending someone to coventry you know, the, and um, this side uh, word no you don't, you don 't get recognized you don 't get talked to you just get ignored and and that sense of exclusion uh, he he equated the the pain that he experienced from that treatment uh so the the only other pain he could relate that to was when he lost his daughter, in a, a three-year-old daughter, who drowned in a pool, apparently. So you, you can imagine the the intensity of that kind of pain um, to equate it to losing your, you know, your daughter being drowned. Um, so it's 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 you know it's this pain that many of us experience, some of us more intensely or more frequently than others, but most of us at some point in our lives get, get exposed to that kind of. Uh, kind of suffering, and um, and the, the Zen the Zen path and a path of mindfulness uh, is um, one way in which we can uh, start to attend to that and how we can bring our awareness to that sense of our sensitivity in that area and uh, simply by the very act of um, sitting in what we call Zazen in Zen or mindfulness meditation just by the very act of sitting and uh, focusing, giving ourselves totally over to our breathing to our experience of each moment, to the experience of the sounds by, by getting intimate with that sense of that awareness that's always present, that universal awareness that we all are, that, that hears the sounds, that, that feels the sensations, that feels the breathing. If we can totally give ourselves to that, then we receive back that sim- almost like, even in the simple act of paying attention, mindfully, A a, a compassion can arise very subtly, but if we allow ourselves to totally give ourselves to that process, a sense of compassion for self can arise, and compassion for others. Um, But but also in our in our Zen Buddhist practice. and also in secular forms of mindfulness. And people are recognizing the importance of cultivating, as well as cultivating mindfulness, cultivating compassion. Compassion for self and compassion for others. And um, the, the foundation for compassion is, is mindfulness, is, is attention, bringing our attention to this moment. But then, um, and, and compassion can simply arise from doing that. But there are other ways of of cultivating a compassionate mind and and a compassionate attitude towards ourselves and others. And that is by allowing in and cultivating a sense of love and kindness to ourselves, as well as allowing in and accepting um, things like fear and loss and being able to be with that in a kind way as well. Like when our negative voice or our negative self-critic or our internal bully starts to operate and gets triggered in our lives. Again, we can't can't stop that from happening but if we can bring our awareness to that and remind ourselves to respond with acceptance and kindness to that, it's gradually over time that turning on ourselves and attacking ourselves can diminish over time. one of the practices in Buddhism is called loving kindness. And um, so I'm just going to finish this talk today. We're going to, be going to um, recite a little um, a variation on, on loving kindness um, that I uh, recently wrote. I'll just give you a copy of it. Oh. You, you take this home with you. Mm-hmm. So willing, it's like a willing, to be willing, um, cultivating a sense of acceptance, allowance, allowing, they're, they're very related, you know, practices. And um, so we'll, we'll, we'll just recite this three times, I'll just um, use the bell, and uh, then we'll start. So, May I be willing, and we'll recite it three times. May I be willing to accept love. May I be willing to accept kindness. May I be willing to accept fear. May I be willing To accept myself exactly as I am may, I be willing to accept love may, I be willing to accept kindness may, I be willing to accept fear may, I be willing to accept myself exactly as I am may, I be willing to accept love, may, I be willing to accept kindness May I be willing to accept fear. May I be willing to accept myself exactly as I am. So thank you. We'll just continue sitting for another 10 minutes. And then we'll walk again.